on the Veterans Broadcast Network. This is Roll Call. What role did you play in your call to duty? You're listening to Veterans Roll Call. I'm Kennedy Camp. And I'm Nadine Noki. Especially on Halloween night. Happy Halloween there. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Yeah. I forgot to wear my zombie shirt. <laughs> well, <laughs> worth one of my, oh no, I'm not. I, I did have my uh, Hanoi shirt on earlier today when I went for my walk. I and think we're, yeah, we, we do not have the Halloween <laughs> spirit <laughs> today. Uh, no, it's going to be one of those, but I'm really looking forward to this show. Our guest today is really some somebody special. I'm looking forward to talking and learning about and, seeing what's going on, mainly because it's a, a female veteran. It's actually our first. It is actually our first since we started the show, which we haven't done too many shows yet. Well, but this is what, number five or six? or Yeah, but I think... It feels it, like 30. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the time involved, definitely. Time, a little bit of glitches here and there, but now everything seems to be like A-OK perfect. We are truly on the, on the roll, moving along. I thank very much Midge and Mark, uh, all the people who are making this happen back in the Chicagoland area. Nadine and I are out of Sarasota, Florida. Uh, we're both veterans. I'm a former NCOIC of an orthopedic clinic in Japan. Um, it was a, a truly unique experience for me at 19 and 20 and 21 years old to be working in the medical world, primarily with Vietnam casualties. And Nadine, again, you... I actually served in Operation Iraqi Freedom and a totally different MOS and job compared to you. I did air traffic control equipment repairing, so I was not an air traffic controller, but I helped repair all the equipment uh, on air bases that handled all of that and worked on a lot of airfields and did a lot of other different jobs, but it's kind of really cool. What I like about our show in particular is that you're kind of the older generation. I'm a younger generation. It kind hey. of, <laughs> but, no, it's true. but to see where the, where the, you know, the overlap is, where we have some similarities, and also where we have some differences in, in how our experiences vary from person to person and from generation to generation. But I think overall, for most veterans, we, I think I've noticed, especially my time out, is that we encounter like the same pros and cons a lot of times no matter what branch you're in and I think that's kind of where we are focused on with the show is to provide those services outside of the military and help make the transition easier and I think make it a little bit more fun and a little less scary because it can be a great time being a civilian and I think more veterans could use a little more um, of that positive uh, I would say information reinforcement and uh um, yeah, overall. So that's actually what brings us here today. We actually have a guest that's going to be on the show here soon. And uh, I am friends with her. I, I don't even know how she even has time to even do the things that she does 
Uh, her name is Maxine Reyes, and she, I, I will introduce her introduce her briefly, but it's going to be really good. She is known as the networking queen, so speaking on transition, she can actually, I think, be a wealth of knowledge for people that are getting out. And I know when I got out of the military, I don't know how it was for you, Kenny, but I was kind of like, I felt like very lonely and isolated, like you just went through this whole life-changing experience, however long that was for your enlistment or for your career, and you get home, and most of the time we go back to where there isn't a lot of military population, and there's no one to greet you. There's no welcome home party when you kind of go into that civilian life. And it took me, to be honest, a couple of years to transition and to really learn how to, like, integrate back with, like, civilian population and to learn like how to just network and and i'm i mean i'm pretty outgoing but the it's different <laughs> if you can't tell thanks kenny <laughs> how about you was how was your like time after you got in the military well i know uh, every show we try to talk a little bit just in the beginning about our transitions and i even had someone wrote last week you know why are you telling the same story again but to a degree it's not the same story transitioning out is a complicated and as you said lonely space that all of a sudden you're in uh, and I, of course, had it a little weirder because I was a Vietnam veteran coming home during the Vietnam, this is 1970, when the height of all the protests were incredibly strong across the nation. And, and I, I, myself, I, being in the medical corps, was more in healing than I was in killing. And so it had to be that when I got out and people were calling me a baby killer, which ha happened to me in Los Angeles that when I went down to visit my friends I mustered out of San Francisco, you know, it was rough and, and bizarre and I wasn't quite sure how to take it uh, because they had no idea who I was and it was just a protest. I ended up myself back in Chicago where I was from and uh, ended up getting in a few of the uh, protests that were uh, on Michigan Avenue and in the Chicagoland area, but I was there with my doctor's bag <laughs> and I was there in case and there was a, occasional things that had happened and I was able to be there to either bandage or calm somebody down. And uh, it, it was, you know, a little bit of a tragic uh, relationship of transitioning, mainly because, like you said, there wasn't that much help. And as I have done in the previous shows, and I hope to do on every show, is I keep finding these wonderful phone numbers of people that are out there, organizations that are out there. Uh, we talked our first show on the VSOs and American Legions for Foreign uh, Veterans, Foreign Wars, etc. Um, but there are even the VA has some really good um, organizations that will be there to help you if you want. So as some of you probably already have your pencil and paper ready, because you know I'm going to give a couple of these out during the show. Uh, today, of course, I'm going to start out with uh, what I think is very appropriate, and that is the VA Women's Veterans Call Center. So if you have that pencil, it's 855-829-6636. And they're there to help in every way you can. And recently I have a friend of mine who has been taking care of her husband, who is uh, also a Vietnam vet, uh, pretty pretty bad at this stage of his life, uh, with uh, primarily from the Agent Orange. Uh, and he um, uh, she has just found out her ability to... Uh, get the VA involved with the caregiver program. And a lot of people don't know that the VA actually does and will help people to um, uh, 
support caregiver. Correct, yeah. correct. I just my my computer just got a little crazy, and I didn't want to lose that phone number. Uh, anyway, but the VA caregiver support line, and I know that she's got where well, the VA has actually been able to send nurses to help out at the house and everything, and and they take care of the medication. I mean, it's a very very unique program. That- that I mean, I, I would say anybody that's listening and, and, and has any need on that on a caregiver basis, definitely write this number down. I, as my, a store owner, I have a lot of elderly customers that come in, and they I have a hearing aid store right next to my shop, and oh. the, the the amount of pressure a spouse is under, especially the older and like the dementia, Alzheimer's, and physical disabilities. The, the I wish I could just go there and like cook them dinner and hang out with them just to like give them or just let them go grocery shopping because of the when you're one on one with one person. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to ask for help where you need it. So definitely, Kenny, do you have that number for yeah, that? The stress is intense. So here it is for you to get your support, even as a caregiver now or if you could see it in the future. If you're a veteran, this is an important number. Eight, five, five. Two six zero three two seven four, and uh, they'll be right there to, to help out in multiple, multiple ways. Definitely, uh, yeah, I'm like give it a call. I mean, even if you don't think that you might qualify or anything, I think anything is worth a call. You never know. I've had some interesting things happen where some support that I could have gotten help with and uh, I was hesitant to call or anything like that and I I did and ended up getting some help that I never even knew was expected so don't hesitate Um, always keep a pen handy too because Kenny's really good at this stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. I also found out you know there's a number of careers that are still also being um, utilized there are many careers that the VA is asking veterans to come in on Oh, that's but then again, many of our corporations are doing that too. There are a lot of CEOs and or presidents of our companies, uh, corporations around the country, who have been involved with the growth of their company by hiring veterans. I hope to have a friend of mine on who's got a, an ecological company, uh, and he primarily only hires veterans, and he deals a lot and towards companies that also are in, in the veteran stages of hiring you know, or building their companies up with veterans. I think it's great. I think uh, veterans definitely bring a unique background to any corporate company, like any corporation. But the thing that I see the most is is, get, is utilizing their skills in the right way. And I think companies that are focused on veterans know that the value that they bring. I know other companies I've been more for, when you have somebody that's used to taking initiative as the military trains you to do, a lot of times, um, other uh, they might look be might be looked wrong upon on because they take too much initiative. So really, there's a lot of companies that understand veterans actually are gung ho go getters, and it's a positive thing. Um, even just talking to veteran community, how some people struggle with certain jobs because they're not used to being in a civilian world where they're told what to do instead of like doing. I mean, like, they're told what to do, but they're not used to, like, being allowed to take initiative in a civilian world. I don't know if that makes too much sense, but I think people familiar in this area, as most veterans know, that's the thing. That's probably why a lot of veterans and CEOs of companies are veterans, because they don't want to take anybody else's orders anymore, and they want to be able to take that initiative, and they have definitely the drive and the energy and the capacity to take that on. Yeah, and a veteran, because of the preference of the veteran's role he had, can be applied to many 
um, different job skills. Right. I mean, how many jobs did you really do in the military when it comes down to it? Well, you especially. I mean, I primarily stuck within an orthopedic physician's assistant role. And because of that, I had to focus into the medical thing. And when I got out of the service, I, of course, stayed within medicine, though my heart was in show business. So it changed. Oh, you got there eventually. <laughs> and I, I played many, many different games, too. But And also, I, I did have a lot of fun uh, doing some of my show business stuff while I was uh, overseas. I'm just going to, if no one knows this, though, like the guy here sitting next to me <laughs> is a professional mind. So I was like, did you ever hear how ironic that is? Like, Kenny, you do radio. Like, it's like you've split your personality <laughs> into two. One, you're doing a radio show, and the other job, you don't talk at all. It's crazy, <laughs> but it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, who would figure, you know, like, people have such interesting backgrounds, and you're no exception. And no exception actually is our host that's coming up, or our yeah. guest that's coming up here. It's Her name is... Maxine Chang Reyes, and I got to know her. She gave me a call a couple of years ago, and I learned about her and what she was doing. And, I, and she was still in the military when I met her. And I was like, "What? You wrote what?" Like she had already written a book. She was working on her second book. She has already done public speaking. Um, she was doing coaching, and this is all before she got out of the military. She was a sergeant. Uh, um, she was a sergeant in the military. I, I'm going to ask her what she what rank she retired in. But I'm just going to give you a brief write-up of what we have for her. And Maxine is a retired U.S. Army veteran. She is a certified marriage and relationship coach, motivational speaker, and an inspirational singer. Um, I don't know at all. I mean, she knows exactly um, how she finds the time to do this. But she will tell you that uh, she finds the time in her life because it's uh, her uh, – woo. What am I saying right now? Because she gets to perform in the capacity of all these roles at the most opportune times. Maxine has inspired and performed for a wide range of audiences, including the President of the United States, university students, corporate leaders, and the wounded warriors of the U.S. Army, and women and teens who want to live life uh, live a life of plentitude, build healthy relationships, and make happiness last. So after this break, we're going to talk to Maxine, and this lady, if you're wanting to know how to get out there, how to make the most out of life, this woman is the one you want to listen to. Well, I'm already very impressed. It's 6.15. Let's break away, and we'll be back with Maxine Reyes. Roll call. We'll be right back after these messages. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like a family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754. Four six six seven. That number again, eight four seven 
754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. Well, here we are, and you can tell we're excited. Um, I'm looking forward, and since uh, you're a little bit more knowledgeable of this next guest, um, I'd like you to bring her on. Well, I mean... Like I said before the break, this woman is the networking queen, and I am so delighted to have her on the show. Maxine, are you there with us? What's up? Yes, I Woo-hoo! am. Hey, uh, I'm so Thanks excited. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks for thank joining you. us. This is such a privilege and such an honor to have you. I can't even wait. Just... um. I can't wait to catch up with you on a personal level, and and everybody's just gonna have to listen. I uh, like I I just want to know because it's been a while since I spoke to you, and I was like, this woman, she's probably already read another book, or wrote another book, you know, started <laughs> another company. So, um, but I do know that you did get out of the military very recently. So maybe you can tell our listeners kind of like what you did in the military, and um. And then transition from that to like what you're doing now, and um, we'll go from there. I'm sure I'm going to have a wealth of questions coming at you after that. Okay, no problem at all. But do you mind me starting from my my roots, where where I started, where life all started before I joined the military? Definitely, because I think okay? it also has um, it, it uh, has uh, an impact of who you are and and what um, motivates you for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited to know that I'm the first female guest that you guys have. So, hey, I'm appreciative of that too. <laughs> um, so, Maxine Reyes, and I am originally from the beautiful island of Jamaica. I moved to the United States at age 15 to Miami, Florida. So, that's my hometown in America. I completed high school there, then I joined the military. I joined the Air Force first. Ah. I joined as an Airman Basic, so no education, just straight out of high school, and went to basic training and then tech school, and I got my um, certification as an information manager. And so I did some IT, some admin, and I spent 11 years in the Air Force, made it all the way to E6, the technical sergeant, um, but to go back a little bit, I met my husband a couple of months after I joined the Air Force and married him a year later. <laughs> so that happened in the first year, which was one of my intent to find me a handsome man in uniform <laughs> to marry, and I did get that. <laughs> I, I got that for a first up. <laughs> Thank you. 
And after 11 years in the Air Force, and we both had our degrees by then, we wanted to become officers to just really um, get a, a, another level of responsibility and to take care of service members. Uh, the Air Force did not have officer, active duty officer positions at that time. They told us we would have to wait two years to get a, an officer slot. So we went ahead and um, talked about it. My husband's parents were in the Army. And so he said, you know what, babe, let's go to the Army um, because it was, you know, good enough for my parents. So it's good enough for us. I said, you go first and tell me how it is. And then once once you tell me it's good to go for me to come <laughs> over from the Air Force, then I'll join the Army. And what, what happened, he went to basic training first, uh, OCS, and then he said, babe, you got this. Their girls were way smaller than you, and they're doing well on the rock market. So that was my weakness right there. I like to do some recon work. <laughs> Exactly, because it was his idea, right? So when <laughs> yeah. he told me that the girls, the girls were able to handle it, and um, and because I was more physical, because I was a runner, I was an athlete, and then I told him, okay, if, if you think I can handle it, I'm gonna trust you, and so I went ahead and submitted my paperwork to join the army, and in no time I was in. I was an e- easy recruit for them because I was, you know, NCO of the year in the Air Force and had like top marks. Uh, on my way to E7, so it was easy for them to recruit me to become an officer in the Army. So I became an officer. I uh, was a financial management officer, so I managed the budget and make sure everyone got paid. <laughs> and then um, I deployed to Haiti after the earthquake, uh, first team down, 82nd Airborne, all the way. <laughs> and so I went to Haiti after that. Um, uh, so before I went to Haiti, actually, to tell my female story, female soldier story, before I went to Haiti, I had a baby. So my husband and I waited 11 years to have wow. a child. And then, and then he deployed, until he deployed first, as soon as he got to the Army, three weeks later, in his first duty station, he deployed. And when he came home, he said, you know, be prepared because I want us to really start our family. We've given the military 11 years, and let's start our family because I saw a lot of things over here in Afghanistan. Um, that was 2006 and 2007. He spent 15 months there, and then we, we decided to have a baby right after he came home. So um, five months, baby was five months old. I was breastfeeding, and I had to go on my first TDY. Wow. And that broke my heart because growing up in Jamaica, I'm used to my parents, my mom being there until at least I'm done breastfeeding, you know. <laughs> but um, I was breastfeeding, and I had to leave. So that was a little difficult. Actually, it was a lot difficult for me. Oh, that's um, interesting. Just to interject, I'm like, I've never uh, – you're the first – Female veteran that I spoke to, that I had the same exact experience. I, I ended up deploying to Iraq when my son was uh, was a little bit less. They only give you, like, I, they've changed the policy since. But, um, yeah, I remember I was still breastfeeding, and I went and I went to Iraq um, when he was uh, – he was born in January, and I was there in May. So, wow. yeah, May, so I, I, I emphasize May. you wholeheartedly, and it, and it takes a lot. And I, I, I absolutely empathize, like, like can, can know what that feels like. You can like. relate. Yeah, I can definitely remember. And where did they send where did they send you to? Was the Haiti wow. for that first so I one? Did, I didn't have to, which one? Nadine? Okay, go ahead, Nadine. Oh, uh, did you you do um that was the first uh, deployment to Haiti, right? Um when oh, you left baby. your daughter. Yes. Oh no. So the the first time I left her, I was only gone to I was gone to the field for 3 weeks in uh, in mother state. So oh, I couldn't so. come home and see her or anything. So I pumped as much milk as I could. 
and put him in the freezer. My husband took care of her while I was gone. So I was gone for three weeks. But as, although it may look like a small amount of time, you know, us as mommies who are breastfeeding our firstborn, that's yeah. very difficult. That is it, very it, difficult. And and so when you just said that you experienced the same thing, I got goosebumps. You know what I mean? Because I haven't, I haven't been told by anyone that they experience the same thing. And so it's like I felt like that's my sister. Um, yeah, that's sister, sister. Arms, Who know yeah. exactly, yeah, who know yeah. exactly what the feeling was. And I felt like crying for you. I felt See, like and, crying for you when you told me that. And, and that's the good thing, and, and that's what we're here on this show, specifically the subject, is just opening the conversation, just finding a group of like-minded people of whatever, if, if it is veteran-related or if it's about a special group of an interest you have, finding people that can relate that can relate to you already makes you feel like much more connected. You're like, Oh shoot, I'm not alone. People have been through this. <laughs> like, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's um, awesome. So thank God. Um, the, the time to, to, um, I think I went to Missouri or somewhere. I forgot the state that we went to. Um, we, we came back after three weeks and my child looked at me like, who are you? And that broke my heart. <laughs> so she was laying there, you know, a few months old, um, just looking at me from the car seat. But my husband took care of her. I'm so proud of him. And a few weeks later, he was gone to Afghanistan for his second deployment um, to that zone. And um, a few months later, Haiti happened. Here I am, single mom at home, husband is deployed in Afghanistan, and I had to go to Haiti. Husband's yes. not home. Who takes care of the kid? That family care plan kicks in, right? Right. <laughs> um, so I had to take my daughter to Miami to a friend whose wife was uh, – so he was a pastor, and his wife was staying home with her two-year-old. They volunteered to take care of my baby while I was gone to train in uh, Indianapolis at Finance, the financial headquarters there. Then I went to Haiti. My daughter was 11 months old. So we both – my husband and I both missed her first birthday – um, and oh. then I was there for a few months, came back, and the same thing happened. She looked at me like, you know, she didn't yeah. know who I was. And it just it just broke my heart. So I went through some trauma during that time, and um, mainly because what I expected, and I don't know why I had such high expectation of being home with my child for at least the first year and celebrate that. You know, all the milestones that a first-time mom goes through within that first 12 months, I didn't I didn't get to have that. Um, so, yeah, it, it may it may sound like, girl, get over it, but it, it's, <laughs> it's really hard. And sometimes I do feel that guilt until this day. She's 12 years old, <laughs> and I try my best to be home with her as much as possible. Um, True. Because... And I'm just telling my story, so it's taught me if you have a question or whatever, <laughs> because sometimes I do miss these fine details, you know. Um, husband came home afterwards, and we tried to enjoy as much time together. Uh, she was, I had an opportunity to go to the soldier show to entertain troops, um, but when I went to the audition, everything worked out except we, two of us got sent, well, two officers got sent back. They didn't have any officers that year. Um, so, so because I knew I was going to be gone for 11 months anyways, they allowed me to um, – I talked to Branch, and Branch gave me an option of going to Qatar, uh, Poland, or Afghanistan. Wow. And yeah, tell me when, you, when your 15 minutes is ready, just tell me when, when to cut, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so I can stop it and carry on. We got two minutes. Are we, are we anywhere close? <laughs> okay, uh, you got okay. yeah, two minutes. Okay. Um, so 
I came back from the soldier show since we didn't end up um, doing the tour with them. And my branch manager said, you have these three places you can go to. I chose Qatar because then that, that was considered um, combat deployment still. And I was like, okay, I don't want to volunteer to go, go to Afghanistan. If I go, then I go, but I don't want to volunteer. So I went to Qatar, and a few weeks later, I ended up in Afghanistan. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. My daughter was four, four years old. She was four years old, and I was gone uh, for the you know twelve months this time. Um, but I got to Qatar, and they sent me to Afghanistan. So that was uh, they that was a you. change of pace. <laughs> they, well, you know what? I, I don't think they tricked me. I just know that I was on an ind- individual augmentee um, basis. I was there on, on that basis, so it was a different team. It wasn't my original team. So they're going to send you wherever they want want you to go, right? Yes. And that's what that's exactly what happened. So I went to <laughs> Afghanistan twice during that time in Qatar. Yeah, that's crazy. But I, I do, I do empathize with you about all relate to that. I, um, people were like, oh, like my son when he, when I left him, when he was four months old, and then I came back, I came back, um, his, uh, in, it was uh, December. We left Iraq in December, like 26. By the time we got home, and I saw him, um, it, I got him right before his first birthday. But I missed that whole entire year. It's eight months of his first year. And people are like, what is that like? And I'm like, it's weird because I do have that same guilt that you talk about. And I always question, like, if other parents and other – I don't, and, it, and I'd be curious to ask even, um, you know, husbands and, and, and male soldiers how that impacts them because my son's a teenager now, and I'm like, it's all because I left you. <laughs> you didn't have a Yeah, we joke, Aww. but, um, like, missing that time. But it's – it's strange to me because it feels like I should remember it, and it just feels like I have amnesia. Like, you know how we forget things as we get older about certain events. I'm like, I feel like I was there, but I wasn't, like, in my mind. But um, mm-hmm. very relatable, and I think um, that doesn't get talked about enough in what the family dynamic has, like, what that impact is, all those deployments over time. I'm, I think it makes for really resilient kids. And I know a little bit about your daughter, and I think she's pretty darn resilient. So from there, we'll carry on after Thank this break you. and hear a little bit more. We'll be right awesome. back. Thank you. Your mama, your brother, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your cat, dog with over your left. Right. And that's the reason you left. Right. You're listening to Veterans Roll Call, and we'll be right back after these messages. Attention, looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985. 
serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. All righty, right, right. I, I mean, I'm a little shocked because as a man, um, I, I have no idea how it would feel to have to leave my child. And uh, for both of you to now find out that you both had to leave during breastfeeding and then later on at other times too, I mean, it, it's really shocking. I, I highly respect the two of you ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. And Thank we're here, you. Yeah, with Maxine, and she is, I'm, I'm going to say she's a veteran all-star, and it's so cool. Not a lot of people get that transition from Air Force to Army, which I'm, I want to kind of like ask you a little bit about, but I'll just kind of let you talk, share a little bit more um, from where you left off, um, like going to Afghanistan and um, and lead from there. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So um, left Afghanistan. Actually, while I was there, I entertained the troops in Afghanistan, uh, coalition forces, because entertainers did not want to come over there, uh, rightfully so, <laughs> because they were scared. Um, so, you know, they try to recruit folks who are already there uh, with talent. Uh, I sang in the church, you know, the makeshift church that they had there, and I also entertained in the chow hall. Chahal tent <laughs> when I was there as well. Um, the general, General Richardson, he he knows me by name. Like every time I would see him coming up and down the stairs, he's like, "Hey, Captain Reyes, where are you gonna be entertaining me? What are you What are you gonna be singing in the chow hall tonight? <laughs> like what songs are on the list and all that." So it was my honor, and I'm you know I feel extremely blessed that God has blessed me with this talent, so I could entertain them while while we were over there. I also sang while I was in Qatar. And I represented the United States Embassy at the Royal Family. It's an event they had for the Royal Family of Qatar. And I was yeah. the, the singer that, that sang the U.S. anthem. So I was proud of that. Yeah. So <laughs> those are things I got to do while I was there because music has been my coping mechanism to cope with all the stresses that comes with, you know, deployments and, and the hardships of a military family or military life. So music has always been a part of my life, and I blessed others while I was there. Um, came back to the U.S., and um, my husband was already stationed in Florida, and so I went to South Carolina, went to command there for recruiting, recruiting command. And they had a school there that I attended, and then I moved to Orlando, and I was the recruiting company commander there. And uh, my last duty station was at Fort Bliss, which is um, El Paso, Texas, and believe it or not, I loved El Paso. A lot of people don't like it, but I loved it. It had an eerie feeling when I first got there of Afghanistan because it's desert and you see the, the dry mountains, you know, the trees on the mountains. Um, but I got to actually grow fond of it. And um, that was my last duty station before I had to go back to join my husband in um, North Carolina because we, huh? we lived apart for five years in a row before I retired. Wow. And And how did the transition work? Did he transition out first? And then you, or were you guys able to transition together? No, I transitioned. So when I retired in 2017, December 2017, I moved from 
Fort Bliss to live with him in Fort Bragg because he was stationed at Fort Bragg again. Um, and then we got stationed in McDill here in Tampa Bay, beautiful Tampa Bay, and he retired in 20, 2021, June of this year. So we are fully retired from the military life and are now serving in different capacities. He is retired, feeling really good. Um, he works with students in JROTC, and I decided to go back to the workforce. So two weeks ago, I joined the team at Chapters Health. I'm their Valor Program Services Manager, and they honor veterans, military veterans, and first responders. It's yeah, becoming really. a major resource for veterans, which we can talk about as far as resources when you're transitioning as well, or even after you've transitioned. Yeah. So, what is that? So, it, it, it's a health. It's a. It's a. You're the program services manager for what for what organization? Catcher's Health is a hospice organization. Uh, okay. And they they had they were a part of their Valor program was um, before it became Valor. It was a part of the We Honor Veterans um, organization. So sure. they, they've gotten so many people with the need um, of their services, so they decided to create their own program, and it's now called the Valor Program, and I'm the first person to lead this program for the entire state of Florida. Wow. I'm proud to, to be that person because they felt that was the perfect um, candidate with my Air Force and Army experience, my military spouse experience, and me, me being a military mom, a mom in the military. Um, and of a diverse cultural background. So uh, I'm excited about it. It's been two weeks, and um, week three starts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And, I, and it's, it's funny um, how the most opportune times and how our life and our life experiences kind of prepares us for new opportunities um, in in different roles. Like, you are probably the perfect fit for them. I'm sure they were, like, um, head yeah. over heels happy that you joined them for this project. Thank you. They were. They were. They couldn't wait to get me on board. <laughs> and could you tell us a little bit about your book, um, which I believe has a little bit to do with transition as well? Uh, actually, that one doesn't. Um, I'm working on the one with transition, but oh. you know, people call me all the time. People call me all the time who are about to get out of the military because they see me living this life and they think, you just make it look so easy, Maxine. <laughs> and so I, I open up to them and, you know, help them. Because one thing with me, because I I was ill um, towards the end of my, my career, uh, my military career, and um, I, I knew that once I, once I transitioned, I was not going to take it my life for granted and I was going to live the best life that I could um, with the resources that I had, and even if I didn't have resources, I was just going to make the best of it because I could have died. You know, See, I came this a, close. That's so, a beautiful huh? mentality to have. I, I love your positive spirit and choosing to look at certain things a different way and, and, and seeing the positive and also being cognizant and making that a priority. It's, it's awesome to see absolutely. that. Absolutely, and um, you know, me being a positive person, I'm optimistic person. I always love the fact that I can shine my light on someone else because that light, that light came from somewhere. And if you believe in a higher power, that's I'm a huge believer that God shines His light on me and through me, I can shine on others and spread love and light throughout 
my community wherever it is that I meet people. And so that's the kind of um, person that I am, and that's the life I always wanted to live. That's the example I want to be for my daughter, no matter how difficult the situation may be. I always wanted to look to the positive side of it. And um, so you guys, you may not know Nadine, but I am in a doctoral program. I decided that I was going to go ahead and become a therapist because people were coming to me with their problems. And at first I felt burdened by it, but then I was like, maybe I just need to find a way to work through it. And while I help them, help myself and and release anything that's negative and make it into positive. And so I started a doctoral program in community care and um, marriage and family. So just really strengthening families and overall strengthening humans. And so that's, that's that's what I'm studying right now. That's amazing. So you've gone to the doctoral program for counseling and therapy which is awesome because, like, some people are like, man, I get tired. People, all these people tell me their problems and I don't have time for this. <laughs> but you've gone and in, in actually taking it and been like, you know what? This is a benefit for them. It's a benefit for me. Like, what can I do with this and how can I use it as a positive? And, 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 I, and I can obviously tell that you care a lot and you want to help as many people. So choosing to, to take that um, responsibility and making something positive out of it for you and other people. It's like, it's, it's, an, it's a great thing. And, and turning, you know, some, and I don't even say it is like a lot of times when we think we've got something going wrong, we just turn those burdens or those things into gifts, which is, um, you're definitely a shining example of that. So that's really cool. I'm excited to see, cause I, I can't even wait to see what you'll do next with that part. And what would, thank you like, so much. You're welcome. And what would you say about like um, you know, people coming? And I'm sure because it is, you know, and, and you know, you make it look so easy. I think the right mindset definitely has something to do with it. But um, what is the the common thing that you notice a lot of times? Maybe like that you've noticed overall that people that do come to you for advice. Like, what's the simplest thing maybe that you would love to if you could tell like every veteran right now if, if we had every veteran all 18 point something million at this point million. yeah 18.9 million veterans like what are like like one or two things that you would say like is the most important thing to making a good transition that's a good I know question. that's a, it's a big question you can you can talk it out cuz sometimes ahead, you know or maybe like a good example like you know like what i see all the time like what's something that yeah. you like like you kind of encounter or like you're like it's just it's not too hard it's just maybe it is how we think which i think is a lot to it's do a with common thing and then the, the, i see a lot of things but some of the common things if we want to narrow it down are folks who want to totally separate from the military and not even want to be around other military members yeah i did that um, I'm, and guilty. I'm listen i'm going to tell you i did that too I have, and I, I took on this job this this past two weeks because I have, you know, sometimes God places you in positions and place opportunities in your lap, and you just just need to be obedient and just say yes, I'll take it, you know, because I've had opportunities the past three years to do what I do now, not necessarily with the same company. But I said, no, I don't want I don't want that responsibility and I don't want to have to be around um the military community. You're like, I'm like retired from the day. military. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I
it's funny you say that. Um, it's funny how our, our similar things are like borderline. I, I didn't tell anybody I was in the military for the first couple of years I got out. I was like, I don't want to use it as like a badge of honor to get a job over someone else that's more qualified. And also I'm like, well, I want to know what it's like to be like a civilian and, and also that responsibility. But I think, like you said, life puts you in those positions so you can be a, a tool and, and, and as you said, believing in a higher power, God puts you in the position he puts you in, and he can, he's going to keep reminding you <laughs> of the things that exactly. are, uh, of where you need to be. So I, um, I'm going to let you think about that a little bit more. If they're not doing that, what's the easiest way? Like maybe embrace the military side. So let's, let's consider yeah. that here after this break from our okay. sponsors. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be right back. Roll call. We'll be right back after these messages. My father was the, the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Look at family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat. To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new and then it's very reliable. At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. You're listening to Roll Call. Here's your host, Kenny DeCamp. All right, and we're here with Maxine Reyes, a retired uh, veteran from both the Air Force and the Army, which is quite unique. Um, my question for you, uh, Maxine, if I can, if it's a little personal, you mentioned something about an illness that has taken you to where you've gotten to. Was that military um, occurred or? Related. Yes. yes. It was. And uh-huh. Is it something you can uh, share with us or, or, or don't want to? Because if you could, it might I'm be. I'm not about... ready. No? <laughs> okay. Not, yeah. not ready fully as far as my diagnosis, but um, it, 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 let's just say take care of yourself. When you, when you have... When you're tired, when you have issues um, with, you know, sleep or anything like that, if you don't get your rest and if you don't take time off because someone expects you to be that robot that you're not, uh-huh. take the time to care for yourself or else your health will fail. No yeah, you've got to put, you put the your body, oxygen. You will fail. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I think uh, that's enough to really, sh- you know, share that. But um, I, I'm actually working on on a book right now where I will be releasing some things, and um, I'm, I'll, I'll just wait for that. But I'm just gonna let you know that it, it has to do with not with caring for everyone else and not taking care of you. Yeah, you gotta put the oxygen mask on first, right? Like yourself before everyone else. Like you can't take care of anyone else if you're not in your best shape, for sure. Absolutely. And so uh, speaking on that, like the biggest thing you see is like we want to disassociate from military or we kind of like, it's almost like we're trying to be like go rogue. Like we're so tough. We're going to do this alone too at the same time. Like, I don't know why. I'm going back to that question. Yeah, like independently. Going back to that question about embracing your military family. Yeah, right? it's like yes. going back and, and embracing it because we, like, there's people who have been there, done that, have the resources, and they know what you're going through and how to embrace that. And that's why I thought having you on the show today would be so great because you're so, and, and you're so good at networking or connecting with, I mean, you connected with me a couple of years ago and just like having the, the guts to even like call people and network and stuff. How do Absolutely. people like, they're like, okay, fine. I hear what you're saying. I need to get involved. But like, how do I go from one thing to the other? Okay. Which we're going to do that right now. Um, <laughs> I love embracing, it. I think your military family, um, you know, especially those who've, been, who've transitioned because they've been through it. You just said that. And then the second thing, the second issue I saw um, or noticed when folks call me for coaching is having imposter syndrome. Like they're mm-hmm. feeling unqualified or not qualified enough, um, you know, applying for jobs that really they are way too qualified um, to just be working, they think of themselves as so small because they're new to being a civilian again. And I'm like, you talk to someone who does resumes, talk to someone who can coach you to make you feel like you're worth a $100,000 job. Or, you know, it's like they're going for jobs where they could have just been an E3 easily paid in, in that position when they're E8, E9, or junior officer or whatever. So imposter syndrome is, is the other thing. And whenever you're networking, feel like you are, you know, in the you're in the room because you desire you deserve to be there. You are worthy of being in that room to talk to whoever it is that you want to talk to. Ask questions. Don't be scared. Because there are people who are introverts and extroverts like myself. <laughs> uh, it didn't. I, I, this didn't happen overnight. But when you're when you're networking, you really need to work that room. Mm-hmm. People have physical business cards. Um, if, you're, if you have business cards, that's a little old school. I would say have that, the, the barcodes. <laughs> you can get do the LinkedIn barcodes or look up companies that create your barcodes for you and, um, and then have it on your phone. They can just scan it like, like they're taking a picture and you'll have the information right there. It's faster and folks don't want to really carry business cards around with them anymore. Some people do because they're, you know, really old school, uh, which is fine. But <laughs> nowadays, yeah, but nowadays <laughs> people are using more the scanning the phone, um, the barcodes on the phone. So that's, that's another thing. Just never feel like you should not reach out. Let me tell you a quick story. I have a speaking engagement at USF next week, Thursday. And one story I plan on sharing with them is the fact that I know of this woman leader who was here at HSN. She was the CEO of HSN. She's now the CEO of um, WW, which is Weight Watchers. And I wanted to reach out to her because she was a powerful woman who was excelling, 
right? And I said, you know what? I want to be like her. I wonder what it takes to be like Mindy Grossman. She's now one of my mentors. I called the secretary at HSN. (laughs) Thank you. I called the secretary at HSN for Mindy, and I said, hey, I'm, you know, that's when the imposter syndrome came in a little bit because I was like, I'm, I'm just a, a, a company commander at the Army. And, um, I mean, you know, eventually I plan on getting out and retiring, and I would love to be a woman leader leading in a, in a top company like HSN. And Mindy is someone I would love to speak with. Do you think she would mentor me or even take a phone call? And she said, you know what, I'm going to talk to Mindy and I'll get back with you. She spoke with Mindy, told Mindy of my goals and, and you know, my desires, and I got on the schedule. It was like uh, 45 days later, but I got on her schedule. That's awesome. And drove all the way, <laughs> drove all the way to HSN from Orlando, and I was able to meet with her. And she already knew a lot about me because she Googled my name. And she said, everything I talked about, I did not talk about the music. And she said, so... What are you doing with the music, you know? And I was like, you know that I sing? And she said, oh, we did our research. And when she said that, I was like, okay, so what do you think? She said, the best thing for you to do, for people to know about you, because I, I wanted to talk to her about getting in the fashion industry, and she said, use your music. That's your natural God-given talent. And then once you're done with that, people will get to know you, and then you'll have a following, and then they'll buy your stuff. But she said, don't go at it like hard, you know, cold. She said, use your talent, use God, your God-given gift, and let, let it help you to open all the other doors. And I'm telling you, it has helped me a lot. So, by the way, I sing. If you guys don't know, I'm a singer as well. And, and that was the, my next question for you. I'd like to know about, um, I mean, I work with Brenda Wadi, who's a singer also. She's one of the former Marvelettes. And actually, in my background, I've worked with a lot of singers, mainly as a stage director, choreographer, after I got okay. out of my medical career. Uh, so the way you sing okay. is how I dance, kind of a thing. Okay, and I, nice. <laughs> yeah, and I inspire through dance. Uh, I also, my Dr. Mime character, uh, teaches mm-hmm. kids, inspires them to learn about the body, how it grows, how, how they have the ability to control things that take place with the body, which we were never oh, taught nice. when we were younger. But, yes. Yeah, so, right. Right. Uh, I'd like to know. <laughs> exactly. So as I inspire about body language, I'm, how do you inspire with singing and in your inspirational energy? Yeah. Um, so whenever I do my speaking engagements, I usually sing a song uh, because I, I believe in, in positive music, positivity. And so I write those types of songs or I hire professional songwriters who write songs like those. Um, I use the lyrics to lift, to uplift people and because that's what helps me. When I listen to my my music, <laughs> we call it church music, but it doesn't have to be church music alone. It's um, inspirational music that all can listen to, and that's mm-hmm. the type of music I write. And I just sing from the heart, and 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 you know, people tell me you touched me with this song, or I listen to your song on Spotify or iTunes, and you know, love it, and it just made me feel be- feel better uh, when I was having a rough time. So that's why I continue to do it, and I can sing any types of songs, but I want to make, I want a legacy that people's gonna, people are gonna listen to my music, and when I die years from now, they're gonna remember that I made them feel good. So that's what I want to do with my music. So we can we can Spotify you and and find you easily. Absolutely, yes. Oh, fantastic! 
I'm going to do that. I haven't, I have not um, done that. So I am going to, like, I didn't even know. You were on Spotify. Is it under your name or is there an album? Yes, yeah, under Maxine Reyes. Um, I have several singles on there, and I'll be releasing another one in the coming uh, weeks, um, hopefully before Christmas. That's awesome. We should link to that in our show notes, too, once we um, have this uh, um, on the show for downloading. That's incredible. So what I love about that, and that's an awesome story and great to teach at uh, USF, the University of South Florida, like teaching students to go out and just ask the question, what's the worst they're going to do? Say no. All right. Say Call no. somebody exactly. else, right? Yeah. But you're one step further, and people love it, and they love somebody that's motivated like you are to do it. And people have a wealth of knowledge that they would love to give away. And that's just as simple as a phone call to connect with somebody. And then that makes your, you know, benefits you um, as much as it probably benefits her to have that ability to mentor others. Absolutely. Is there any organization that you've been a part of in the transition since 2017 that you've kind of gotten involved with, uh, military side or any groups like Toastmasters or anything um, that you found benefit from as well? Um, So I joined, there there are three three organizations that, um, actually I'll just name them, Action Zone. Here I I, I did a cohort for entrepreneurship for, for veterans and military spouses who are in the beginning phase or expansion phase of their entrepreneurial journey. So I did that. I did Savvy Vets which is um, Strategic Alliance for Veteran Integration. I think it's SavvyVet.org if folks want to go on there. But they helped me through my transition as well. Um, their bunker, bunker Labs, I was on the entrepreneurship route, so that's why I know of these um, businesses. But the Bunker Labs is quite popular um, as well. I did Women on the Rise Orlando, uh, and it's for women in business, whether you have your own business or you work for an organization. And then, because I'm from Jamaican background, I joined the Jamaican Women of Florida, which I've uh, moderated several uh, conferences for them for the past year and a half, actually past two years. <laughs> so, yeah, I joined different professional organizations. And um, if you are, are you familiar with the Military Influencer Conference? Honestly, that was the main one for me, the Military what? Influencer Conference. Military Influencer Conference. No, I've not heard of that. Yes. So I went to the very first one in Houston. It was Houston or Dallas. I think it was Dallas in 2017 when I was transitioning. And it was their very first conference. And let me tell you, I made so many connections from that event. And I've attended ever since and every year is always something new that I learn about entrepreneurship or networking or being an influencer myself. I'm considered a military influencer um, because of my reach and my networking ability. <laughs> so Curtis Riggs is the founder. He created this influencer organization, which now has an entrepreneurship magazine. Um, wow. And so you can check them out online. But, yes, your business needs to be in there. This radio show needs to be in there. And I'm I'm hoping that I will – really officially start my own uh, show in the near future, which I'm excited about. But I'm um, just working on some details, fine details right now. Uh, feel free, guys, to use one of my songs. If you like my songs, once you hear them on um, Spotify, you have my permission to use it on, on the show. Excellent. Awesome. Any other that, Mark? And Mark is a great our, – our, um, our team here is a great um, – wealth of resources too um to get a show or anything like that i'm sure we could um have some resources available for maxine 
And um, that's awesome. I've written down Military Influencer Conference. I'm definitely going to get on that. That is, like, just so many things, like taking the initiative and going there. And I can say personally from starting my own business and how – and starting a store, like I opened a store this last year – my veteran family that I've been volunteering with in different capacities have been some of the biggest supporters to come to the store and make sure that I've got the resources. They come and shop at our, you know, at my store just to support another veteran. So definitely, if you're listening, awesome. get, I mean, I, I mean, I've got friends that I thought would show up way before, you know, people I hardly knew, but that veteran connection is, is super strong and they are definitely a veteran family. Maxine, yeah. I have to That's- thank you. I have to Go thank ahead. you, Maxine. We're we're running to our time now, and uh, you okay. are fabulous. Uh, you stay tuned with our Veteran Broadcast Network. You might just have that show with us if we everything works out, <laughs> and we'd love Sounds it. Um, yeah, we'll uh, definitely be uh, checking everything out, and I'm going to have Nadine give me all of her notes here. And the best to you, and the best to your child, the best to your husband. Uh, and, of course, the best to all the veterans out there listening and the veterans who will end up listening on archive to the Veterans Broadcast Network. This has been Roll Call. Attention, looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. Thanks for listening. Join us every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central on the Veterans Broadcast Network. This is Roll Call.